Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Let me tell you what's so cool about Josh, and I know he wouldn't mind me sharing, but this guy knows what it's like to be addicted to drugs and to be in a terrible place, losing everything. And even right now as he plays and he's up there, you have no idea the torment and the hell that's going on in his own life. But one thing that I could tell you about Josh is he's still standing. And he's not done. And I nick- we have a nickname for him. We call him Stallion. He's awesome. But um, he's, he's incredible. And um, I'm just saying, all of us, we're here. And I want to encourage you this morning, regardless of what's going on, you're still standing. You're not done. I think so many times we forget the fact that standing is a big deal. Yeah, we're, we're ready for the big outpouring and the big breakthroughs, and the simple little things are the most miraculous. And, you know, there is a process that we go through, and I want you to embrace the process. I want to encourage you this morning as I get into things. Sometimes I say some crazy things. I am not here to just say crazy things. I'm here just organically as me. I'm a unique individual. I'm strange. And I have things to share with you this morning that I feel like the Lord really put on my heart to share. And, um, and again, I, one of the things I wanted to give you before I started is there's a process for you in seeking after God. And I want to encourage, this is a word for somebody. The Bible talks about diligently seeking him. Okay? And, um, and you do that by faith. So we, by faith, we diligently seek him. Not by doubt do we casually arrive. By faith, we diligently must seek him by faith. And I'm starting off today with, with something rather different. And I'm going to share something with you. I have a friend. He's a seer. He sees things in the spirit. That's how God uses him and discerns with him. Everybody has different abilities of discerning. And this is a guy. He's my buddy. And I will tell you, he's one of the strangest people on the planet. He's an oddball. He's, um, he's unconventional. He weirds people out. He weirds me out. But if anything, I've seen him time and time again with his accuracy and his, um, and his love. I'm going to try to keep myself together because I didn't want to share this. But I have to. And um, it's painful. It's hard. And so that's why I want to share it. I invited him to come and speak to the youth. And we were talking about hearing and, and seeing. And, and I brought him. And I told him, I said, I want, I want you to come and hang out, and I want you to share with the youth and minister to them, because I, they're learning about how I hear a lot of times, and I want them to see you and meet you, and you can help them learn how you see, and just, just share. And so he did. And he's never been here. He doesn't know what's going on with this house. We don't talk very much. Um, but I said, come on. So he got here. He figured out where we were. He walks in, and he's walking and praying, and he's walking around. And all of a sudden, he's in the back, and he comes back through here. He comes forward, and he walks up to me, and he says, John, I got a question for you. I said, what? He goes, tell me why I see a casket suspended above the ceiling right over here. And I go, what do you mean? What do you mean a casket? He goes, there's, he goes, there's a casket. He goes, what's happened here? And I said, a lot. And um. I left it alone for a minute because it was hard. And I realized this is where our, our amazing intercessors sit. And, 
Symbolically and prophetically, we literally are seeing a spirit of death hovering over our intercession because we don't know how to pray anymore because we didn't see an answer that we thought we'd see. And we're talking, many of you don't know, but we have this amazing guy. He's a friend. He's a person that's sitting with Jesus right now. His name is Jose. This church went through a lot, as well as the family went through a lot more. But we prayed, and we asked God for a miracle. And as we prayed and we interceded, we didn't really think or feel that we saw the miracle. And many of our prayers started changing after that. We didn't know how to pray anymore. A family member gets sick, and we're like, I don't know how to pray now. We're needing an answer to prayer. And we're like, well, I thought, he, I thought if we had faith, and man, we had faith, guys. We had faith. I thought if we had faith that God would respond. So who's lying? That's the questions that started going through. And it got really difficult for us. And it got to the point where my youth couldn't pray. They had a hard time even worshiping. Many of you were having a hard time as well. And I decided from that point on, after my friends showed me and told me what this was, that this was lingering over our prayers at this house. And let me tell you, we no longer, after today, are going to have to feel that. We're going to see a breakthrough. And what I'm bringing to you today is a message to teach you not only is he sovereign, but is it possible that we missed the miracle? And this doesn't mean we missed it, our faith didn't miss it, none of that. This means that the miraculous one we serve is still doing it. And I want you to know you can still ask, and he still does. I want you to start realizing what a miracle is. So I'm going to start off with a story. Most of you guys remember the story of Abraham and Isaac. And you know how Abraham, man, he had to take his son up. He's getting ready to sacrifice him for the Lord and all this stuff. But let's back up just a little bit. And I want you to go, and we'll put it on the screen, but it's going to be Genesis 17. If you're old school, you got your Bible here. That's awesome. If you're new school and you got your phone, great. Just don't get distracted. There's a demon of social media or something. Um, And when I speak, if you're on social media, God bless you. I just hope that you just get convicted or something. I don't know. But Genesis 17, this story... You know, it's funny because a lot of times when PG's preaching or Harvest is teaching or whatever's going on, I literally will end up rabbit trailing. They will say something that is so gripping and it sends me into a launch somewhere else. And I'm just going, oh. And PG was speaking not too long ago and this is when this happened. I got launched into this direction and um, I went into this. But Genesis 17, I'm going to start in verse 17. So. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James. Some of you guys like different versions. This is just what I have. And this is really cool because God's talking, you know, to Abraham here. And I love this. It says in verse 17, Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? He's literally hearing from God himself. That he is going to actually be with his wife. He is going to get pregnant. And he's really old. Like, this is not normal. And so he laughs within himself. So, and honestly, rightfully so. I live by the villages. I know all things are possible. But guys, 
Amen. PG standing for Jesus. Um, and Abraham said to God in verse 18, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And then verse 19, God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So this whole interaction is going on. And what's really cool is I want you to see what happens after this. He finally comes to grips. Now let's go to Genesis 18 because Sarah's still not in the picture yet. Sarah's kind of like a little like what's happening. Now Jesus is, why I say Jesus because every time he appears as man, it's almost like it's Jesus every time in the Bible. But, but anyway, so God is there, and now he's there with two other friends. These are angels, and I think these are the angels that later are going to Sodom and Gomorrah and destroying it. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Verse, um, Genesis 18, verse 12. So now, <laughs> I'll start, actually, yeah, I'm going to start there. It's going to be fun. It says, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, not out loud. You guys, we're not so, um, so I guess, couth. Sometimes we hear something like, <laughs> yeah, right. Sarah kept it in. So she laughed within herself. And this is cool because God is with these two angels. And here is Abraham talking outside this tent. Sarah's preparing food. They're getting this goat. They're getting all this stuff. Getting ready to honor and they're going to eat. And here they're talking about it again. And it says, Sarah laughed with herself saying, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? So he, she's not there. God's just basically saying, why is your wife laughing right now inside that tent? I mean, there's a question there maybe for the husband. Like, were you not able to speak to your wife? Could she not believe what I've told you? And then is she said, verse 14 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And at the appointed time, I'll return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, uh, well, wait, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. For she was afraid. So now she's lying to God and the two angels that are there that are about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. She comes out, no, no, no I didn't lie. I didn't. And he said, no, but you did laugh. Now, what's crazy about this story is we know what happens most of us. Eventually, she does give birth to a son. And then God's telling Abraham to take him up and sacrifice him, and God provides a sacrifice instead. I'm not even going to get into the whole reality of this miracle. Like, oh my gosh, there's a son. It's the miracle. The thing is, is most of us think the miracle was Isaac. I'm going to change our perception a little bit. Isaac was not... The miracle, although it was miraculous. You know what the miracle really was? It wasn't the fact that Sarah even got pregnant. You know what the miracle really was? Is that Abraham and Sarah were even willing to try to do the impossible physically when it was not possible. See, this is, I mean, I know this is a little bit more like rated R, but this is before the blue pill, guys. I mean, I'm being honest. Let's talk about the natural state here. This was before any help. Imagine how funny and awkward it was. We, we try to make this all holy, like angels were descending and everybody's, ooh. I mean, they were probably laughing at each other. Imagine this. And they get to that place of intimacy and they are doing this act. This is where the miracle is. 
we're missing the miracle. We see the product of the miracle. But the miracle was that they said, I'll try and I'll do it. I believe the word of the Lord. Do you believe with what happened here with Jose? Do you understand the miracle that took place in this place? Not until that point did we ever see the church really pray. I'm talking like coming together every night, just chiming in on the telephone, praying. Miracle. That people would come together to believe for something impossible. There was a miracle. See, the miracle is, is Raph, Jose's father, is sitting here right now. That's a miracle. See, because when things like this strike, we get to find out what people are really made of. The miracle is, is he's still here and he's still standing. I think what we must remember is this. We are so excited about the person that gets up out of that wheelchair, and I'm so excited about that. But do you know where the miracle started? Was the little kid that went over and said, I believe Jesus can heal you. That's the beginning of the miracle. But we're not willing to do anything. We think it just drops. We are responsible. We must take the initiative. This, this is why I said, the Bible says, to diligently seek him in faith, not casually seek him wondering. The church has to get out of a place of wonder and what if and dare to believe that, yes, it's okay and it will happen. And you're like, well, we prayed and this did not take place. Correct, but you prayed. I mean, think about it. There's so many stories in the Bible. I can go on for days where the miracles were. From Lazarus to, I mean, David. There's all these stories. I mean, think of the miraculous thing. A shepherd boy. And he's coming to fight this massive Philistine army. And nobody is willing to step up. The miracle wasn't that he knocked the giant out and cut his head off. The miracle was someone who wasn't qualified actually walked up and said, I'll do it. That's the miracle. But we don't want to talk about that kind of miracle. All we want to see is the final fruit, the miraculous, whoa, that's what we want. No. No. Really, right now, what's happening is the lack of miracles in the church is because of the lack of the church understanding the miraculous. What is the miracle? The miracle is my wife has no voice, and for seven years, she didn't stop singing. That's the miracle. Not that she can now sing notes. She could never sing for seven years. That's just the, the signs, the wonders, all the exciting stuff. The miracle was she didn't stop. When a marriage is restored, the miracle was you didn't walk away. The restoration is the byproduct of the miracle. And a lot of people go, well, I have the gift of healing. Well, actually, you don't in that way. God uses healing through you probably more than others. But the gift is for the person that's healed. Okay? Our language sometimes gets a little twisted. So somebody comes up here. Let's, wheelchair is always the classic charismatic example. They're in the chair. They, don't, they can't get up. They're paralyzed for since birth, let's say. They're there. All of a sudden, the miracle happens. Somebody's praying for them. They get up. They're healed. Thank you, Jesus. 
The gift of that healing, think about it this way, UPS. Okay, we got, we got something coming from God. It's a package, all right? The package is I have healing to deliver to someone. We are the UPS guy. We go, okay, I got it. We take the package. For some reason, he likes to use us to deliver it a lot of times. And we deliver that gift to that person. They get up. What happens is the church makes a big mistake is they want to own the fact that they had the gift in their hands for a minute. When you actually don't care anymore that you're the one that delivered the gift and you're more concerned with the fact that that gift just came to someone else, that's important. That's when you see a change. I want you to realize that healing and all these things, this is all true. It's all real. and God uses certain things more so with certain people than others. But I want you to understand that what God is doing right now is changing our minds to think a little bit more clearly on how the miraculous really is. Okay? Miraculous, you know what's miraculous? When someone comes in this church and they give their life to Christ. That's a miracle. The miracle started because they even got here. These are things, we are downplaying the real miracles because we're waiting for the big lights, camera, and all the excitement. And because we're not giving God honor for the little things, we're missing the bigger things. Miracles are happening nonstop, and some of us are able to be a part of that if we want to, and some of us are saying, no, we don't want to. We all have this ability. We all have this opportunity to be a part of the miraculous. But let me tell you, Today I'm excited and I'm believing that there will no longer be doubt and unbelief in our minds. So I have this, because um, today that casket's not going to stay here anymore. In John chapter 20, this is what I was talking about. John chapter 20. Here we go. Verses 25 through 31. You guys know about doubting Thomas, right? Yeah, he's really not doubting Thomas. He's Thomas the twin, but that's another story. He's broken Thomas. He's hurting Thomas who misses his Jesus, but okay. So verses 25, it says this. The other disciples therefore said to him, hey, we've seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my fingers into his print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I mean, he's grief struck. I mean, he's just done the the miracle the one that he believed so much in the one that is the miraculous one who did all these signs and was that the one he cares so much for he is so gripped with grief and hurt that he's like i can't he says and after eight days his disciples were again inside and thomas with them jesus came the doors being shut but he stood in the midst of them and he says peace to you these stories are funny to me. Imagine y'all just sitting down chilling, and all of a sudden Jesus is there, hey, peace to you. Everybody be scattering like cats. <laughs> Out of here. It's actually creepy and scary. I'm like, oh, like that. And that's why his first words are like, peace. I mean, that's when an angel appear. <laughs> like, don't be afraid. Like, we know. It's kind of scary. So he says, peace to you. And he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. So Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
So here's the deal. Blessed are you who didn't see the miracle, but you still believe for them. A lot of times now when we pray, blessed are you who didn't see the answer you thought, but you still believe. This needs to free your heart and your mind when you go to pray now. Do you understand how blessed you are that you dare to still believe even because it's not happening or you haven't seen it, but you still believe? I'm not saying that, you know, some of us are, it's hard because we don't, we don't want to be bamboozled. We don't want to be tricked. We don't want to be blind and ignorant. We want to be realistic. But this verse right here, blessed are us, us together. We're blessed because we still dare to believe even though we can't see or we've not seen. Guys, you're blessed. I know it's funny because, you know, when Jose passed, it's funny. People get strange. They have a hard time saying his name. His name is Jose. Not was, it is. He's alive. Like, this is a revelation. Like, I'm not talking about charismatic hype. Like, he's genuinely alive. But we're scared now to say his name because it might hurt someone or it brings up emotions. Don't be scared to say his name. Just like don't be scared to say the name of Jesus. Jesus is doing something so unique and special here at RCC. We have seen miraculous. I I prayed for somebody for something completely different and then they were healed. And I wasn't even praying for their healing. I'm not doing anything. God is doing it. Do you understand? This is so genuinely happening here. I want us to just go from where we are now to just the next place. I want us to get beyond this and go further. And I don't like, I I mean, people say levels. I like to put us all on the same playing field. I'm not above you. You're not above me. We're just all together. Go. Keep going. Go further. And um, I love this, too, because this is one thing I'll give you warning for. A lot of us are seeking after the miraculous things, okay? We want the miraculous. We want someone to even lay hands on us or give us that word. And that's huge. But I do have a question and I have a charge for you. Where is the intimacy and the relationship that you are privately and independently responsible for? Where is that in your life? And are you cultivating that? This is a lost thing because people are like, oh, that sounds works. Well, it is. Because you want faith, but without works, it's dead. So let's marry this and figure out our part of due diligence. Let's figure out our place. And a lot of us, and I, I listened to a message recently that just wrecked me. But what I need you to understand is what we go through in this place of seasons or times in life or whatever you want to call it. Everybody seems to be in a season. It just aggravates me. It's a process of pruning. It's a process of growth. And and this is what I'm hearing. Well, God, he spoke this promise over me, and he spoke this promise over me. And and I remember at Harvest, and okay, settle down, because probably about 90% of those promises really weren't the real promises that God spoke over you, but these are the promises. He speaks this to you, and you hold on to them. And some of these promises, they're like right in front of you, like, I want that. And you get discouraged because you don't see it. And you know why you're not seeing some of your promises? You're not willing to go through a character developing time. You're not willing to go through something to change you and grow you. When you guys run from pain and hardship, 
then don't be upset when you have no promise. You are not able to sustain the promise God has for you because you're not willing to develop the character to handle the promise that's coming. If you don't have the development process with God, and some of you have been in a season for a long time, it's because you're stubborn and you're not willing to learn. You're like, well, how come I haven't seen this breakthrough? Because you're stubborn. You're lazy. It's okay. I mean, you're lazy. It's fine. Don't be upset about that. Do something about it. You're so offended because he just called you stubborn and lazy. More than you're offended that, oh my gosh, I'm missing the promise because I'm being stupid right now. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I, I learned the story of Joseph. Like, we learned this with John Bevere. He taught this thing. It was crazy. He's teaching about, John, John's teaching this thing with Joseph. Here he is, this little bratty kid. He's got this coat, and he's daddy's chosen guy. You know, like, and he's got all these dreams, and he's telling his brothers. He's a little arrogant butt. He's that little brother that you're like, man, you get mad at that kind of guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to rule over you. And he's just like, a little pipsqueak. And then all of a sudden, he knows what God told him, but he still doesn't have the character to handle it. He's acting like an idiot. And then all of a sudden, he's sold into slavery. He's then approached by, you know, Potiphar, I mean, the wife. She's coming right after him. And she's like, come on. I think you're hot. Come on. You come with me. And God knows she had probably one of the nastiest seducing spirits on the planet. And then some of you don't know it. That's the spirit of hoe. That thing is gross. It's nasty, right? It's gross. PG just said, cut the live feed. Cut it. It's real. And this is going on right now. And all of a sudden, she's like, come here, come here. Here's this man who's been promised something by God. And guess what? He hasn't seen it happen yet. Sold into slavery, has no family, everything's a mess. And here comes this lady who's obviously important. I mean, this is the big cheese's wife, you know. And she's like, come on, come on, come on. Instead of him finally saying, man, you know what? I deserve a moment. He still didn't give into it, and he ran. And then it didn't end up well because then she lies, and then he's thrown into jail. Now, this jail is a little different than what we're used to, okay? I learned this. The jail is not like, here's the dungeon, and here's your meal, and here's... No, we're talking like they barely give you enough food only just to keep you alive. They just don't want you to die. So you're not enjoying anything. You're barely able to live. You're weak, you're suffering. The place that you're sitting is actually not a jail where you even stand up. It's only about four feet deep. There's this big iron thing that goes over this like cistern. You're chained down there and you can't even move. And guess what? He's not there for days. He's there for years. And in the midst of this, guess what he's doing? He's interpreting dreams. He's still doing what he knows God has called him to do. He's still not going, man. I'm done with this, God. I don't have my promise. I don't have nothing. You know why? Because God was just finishing up his development of him. Finally, he gets out. He gets elevated to this new place with interpreting dreams, and he does all this. He becomes, like, huge, okay? And guess what? Now his brothers come face-to-face with him. And guess what? If he would have had this issue years before... He wouldn't have had the character to handle it well. And guess what? He would have had them all killed. But instead, now he has the character. But you guys don't want to go through that. But you want to promise. 
I think God's going to stop speaking these promises over you right now because you haven't even obtained these new ones that he's given you because you're not willing to go through something. Guys, where is our faith? Where is our endurance? Where is us understanding that the miracle was even sitting, chained, can't stand, hurting, starving, that he goes, this is what your dream means. Here's what God's really saying. He was still being used by God. That was a miracle. In the midst of that, there's miracles. This morning, in the midst of what you're going through, there's still miracles. But do you want the promise to be willing to endure the character building? You know, my, my desire is that this house will be different than all the others. Not because I want to be better than my brothers and sisters everywhere else. It's because I want this house to get something right. I want us to say, I no longer need just the fun words and the flashy things. I want substance. Why am I still in a sin cycle? And ask those hard questions. Why? Why is it not stopping? Man, sin cycles are real, guys. You know what sin cycles look like? Come here. I need my, where's my helpers? I need, yeah, you want to do it? All right. So come on. You stay down here, though. You got to stay down here, Bubba, because this is how we're going to do it. All right. So come on over here to the middle for me. Stand on the floor. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a process of cycles, okay? Here's how this process works. You guys, it first usually starts off with something simple, like just a, an idea or a whisper to you, okay? And when that happens, it comes through your mind. And so we're going to let that be signified by doing emotion. So we're going to have you just pat your head for a few minutes. So this is the thought coming through. All right? All right, you could stop. Thank you. Now, this, let's keep the cycle moving. The next part of the cycle is this. We're going to say you kind of give in to this now a little bit. And now you start thinking deeply on it, and it's emotionally impacting you. And we're going to do a simple motion where it's just wiping a tear like this. So go ahead and show us how. Wipe a tear away. There it is. Ah, oh, there it is. Good. So remember, so, so far we have, here comes the thought. So we pat. Go ahead and pat. And then he gives into that thought a little bit. Causes some pain. And you remember what's next, Bubba? What's after that? Do you remember? Do you remember? You guys remember? All right, spinning around. So now we're going to spin around. This is the next part of the cycle. He's spinning around. Keep spinning. Basically, he's now out of control. He's spiraling out of control. Okay? And it gets him so messed up and so dizzy, he finally is able to stop after the enemy has had his way with him. And he's like, what do I do? And he tries to get back up, and so step up on the stage. And he steps up, and then step back down. Another process. Another process. And then... He's going to go ahead and finally get to the point of repentance and go, oh, I'm so sorry. And then he hits his knees. So hit your knees on the ground. Now, stand back up and repeat the process. Pat your head. Thoughts come. You give into it. You spiral out of control. You try to move and go in a different direction just to get breaking out of it. And then you finally come to your senses and you hit your knees with God. But keep doing that and don't stop. See, the problem is on Sunday morning when we come into church, this is what you look like. And we're asking God 
God, where's your promises? See how silly we look and how silly we sound? God, where's the breakthrough? Where is it? Now stop. This is the moment you break a cycle. Right here when he's on his knees, he's finally in the place where he should be. The problem is you can't stay there. Life is life. You have to get back up. So he gets back up. And before that thought has any chance to touch his mind, he says, I know where I'm supposed to be. And he goes back down on his knees again. And he says, not today. I know I'm going to miss out on some things, but not today. And he stands up again, goes to work, whispers come, temptations come. And he's like, oh, there it is again. It's that pat's trying to come on my head. And it starts to come. And then right here, he bows down again. And it goes, and it misses him. So stand up. Here's the problem. What do we do with a church that refuses to stop the dance? You're stubborn. We're lazy. We don't want to do something to change it. What does that look like for you? You know what's fun? He feels really good doing those motions in this church. You know why? Because there's an anointing coming from a platform. And he doesn't feel quite so bad when he's here, so he must be okay. Because that anointing takes away the pain for a minute. But when he walks out of here, there's no inward change. So he walks out in bondage again. And you're like, well, God just didn't touch me. Did you dare to go through a process and ask him? Did you surrender? Did you repent? Because today, the greatest miracle is that you walk out of here not looking like that. Believing for the miraculous. Maybe today, for you, when, and just do those motions again. Keep doing that for me. Maybe you're struggling with, honestly, it could be a pornography addiction. It could be a drug addiction. It could be just anger, lying. It could be stealing. It could be just, um, just unfaithfulness. It could be, honestly, rebellion towards God. Whatever your issue is, maybe you're just making bad choices with your finances, and it continues to happen. We've all been there. See, the thing is, what's beautiful about this is everybody in this room is doing the same dance. Nobody's better. So I'm not here looking at you saying I'm perfect. I'm saying, look how silly we look. This is ridiculous. This represents the American church. This is absurd. Right? The definition of crazy? Insanity? This is what's going on. So I want the God of miracles to come in today with you, and I want you to say, I'm stopping here. Amen. And I want you to choose this morning. See, we want to see miracles, and we want to see things happen. But it's the little thing. You see, it's not the fact that he gets free. That's going to happen. It's the fact that he chose to do something different. Amen. So worship team, come on up for a minute. Get on up here for me. Here's what we're going to do. See, First of all, let's pray together, and let's just break off the doubt, the unbelief, the thing that has been lingering over our prayers. And let's be remembering, blessed are those who don't see but still believe. That's what this house will be. So, Father, whatever that was that my friends saw, we just break that off of our prayers. We break off the spirit of death off of our intercession, whether it's unbelief or the wounds or the hurts, whatever that is. We cancel that out, and we say, God, we still believe even though we did not see. And we thank you. And the next thing we're going to do is we're going to deal with some cycles.
Because you know what's funny? I told the youth, I said, you know what I'm going to do one day? I'm going to come into worship. I'm just going to do this in front of everybody. I mean, I'm just so like, ugh. And they're like, that's going to be weird. So you can go, by the way. Thank you. Amazing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you this morning to actually ask Holy Spirit if you're stuck in a cycle. Now, remember, the miraculous thing is the first step you take. Okay? What will be your first step? Now, I know. We all come to the altar. But is coming to the altar really coming to the altar for you? See, when you come forward here, this is just more wood and a stage where I'm elevated for some reason a little higher so you can see me. That's all this really is. There's no magical powers here. See, the miracle comes when the heart finally says, I'm willing to humble myself and I am done. And in front of everybody, they will parade themselves feeling, wow, I can't believe I'm walking past these people. What are they going to think about me? And all of a sudden you go, I just don't care anymore. I want freedom. I want you to break your cycles. Some of you boyfriend, girlfriends. Man, we've been doing really good. And then all of a sudden you've fallen sexually again. Spin it around. You guys, I still believe Jesus changes everything. But I want to break off something for you called that moment. See, we always get caught up in, it has to be that moment. Sometimes it's called perseverance. Sometimes it's called longevity, endurance, not giving up, being steadfast. Or like Josh, I'm still standing. Are you still standing? You're like, well, I don't feel this anymore. Good. I deliver you from the demon of feel. It's not about your feeling. You're so sensationalized. Ooh, I didn't get the hiney tingles. Calm down. It's not about your goosebumps. It's not about that. that. That comes, and that's great, but don't rely on that as the dictator of whether God touched you or not. What about us just touching God and saying, I choose to touch the hem of his garment? We're still waiting for the garment to smack us in the face. Grab it. Grab it. What is the problem? You're bleeding to death. Well, it didn't get close enough to me to hit me. Grab it. I want you to stand with me for a minute. And here's what we're going to do. See, even right now, some of you already started. I can feel it in the spirit. You just started. You're in a robotic trance. When we say stand, you click into another mode. You actually went into the next phase of your thinking. Now, what do I have after this? I know, right? I got you. So what you got to do is right here, you got to stop the cycle. I know that lunch is coming. I know that's good. But stop the cycle. Imagine that right now you're going to make a conscious decision that will alter the course of your life and that you will sustain and endure, not stop. You will press through, and when it gets hard, you still keep going. You won't stop standing because you choose to. And then all of a sudden, the promises become a reality because your character starts to really have the strength to handle the promise that God has for you. I'm supposed to be a financial millionaire. Good. Develop the character because that's a lot of work. You can't handle that money right now. You'd blow it. No, I wouldn't. You would. Maybe you don't have that because maybe it's something going on in your marriage and God has to fix that because he knows a divorce would take that money out and destroy it. You have no idea what God's going to do with your life. 
Let's fix these problems. Let's go through the seasons we have to, and let's come out the other side. So here's what we're gonna do. If you're willing right now to not only break the cycles and say, I have a cycle, I have an issue. I'm gonna break the cycle, and today it stops. I stop this mess. I stop this, I stop it. If you're choosing to, and you're gonna fight to do it, I'm gonna have you in a minute come down. But when you come down, you're not just walking down to the space. I want you walking down here because you know inside yourself, everything inside you says, I have to do this now. I want the promise. I want to see the miracle happen. Well, the miracle is going to happen now. It's not the fact that you're going to be free. The miracle is you chose to be free. This is the miracle. So who's choosing today to dare to believe in their prayers, to dare to believe in the miraculous again, and that God is still doing it. So here's what I want. I want true conviction of Holy Spirit, true change, and don't worry, wait for a feeling. But come down here because your heart is being positioned well, because your mind is being changed. I want you to come down right now. Don't even wait, just come down. And make that a decision. Break the cycles, shatter the assignment, and let this be for real. We're all here together. Just come on. Take your time here standing and saying, today I choose. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.